Welcome to episode 11 of the My Supreme Self podcast. My name is Erica, and in today's episode, we'll be talking all about endings, new beginnings, loss, heartbreak, and mindset shifts. Before we dive in, let's pause and take a deep breath together. Happy Tuesday. Hope you're having a great week so far. Even though I am at home, I am in day three quarantining since I tested positive for COVID, I'm in a really good mood. I'm feeling extremely grateful at the moment for just the people in my life that I've very blessed to be surrounded by, and I'm feeling extremely content. Uh, 2021 was a year that brought a lot of change, and I really feel like I met so many new, wonderful people and friends that I'm incredibly grateful to know and I'm really excited to be entering a new year with a lot of love around me which is something that I'm extremely grateful for so I hope you take a moment today and reflect on all the things that you're grateful for especially if you had the chance to see family over the holidays I hadn't seen my family in a very long time given COVID so I was so grateful to spend time with them and not so grateful that I'm back in New York City. It's like 16 degrees outside and I have COVID, but nonetheless, I'm very grateful to be surrounded with so many wonderful people. Today, I wanted to talk about endings, starting new and dealing with loss and talking about heartbreak and mindset shifts we can adopt when we're going through changes in our life. I wanted to talk about how endings can be a good thing whether it's an ending of a chapter in your life, an ending of a relationship, an ending of a career or your time at a job. There's a lot of value that can come from endings. The first is endings can help us stay in the present moment. I've been reading a lot about uh, Laura Carsonton's socio-emotional selectivity theory, which looks at how our sense of time affects our goals and relationships. The theory goes on to explain that when we perceive time as vast and expansive, we tend to prefer long-term investment activities or knowledge-seeking activities like going to school, going to networking events, learning new skills. And these activities are an investment in our future involving some kind of degree of difficulty or struggle or some kind of time investment. But when we perceive time as short and limited or when the ending seems near, and there's some kind of urgency behind it, we tend to prefer activities that feel good and meaningful now, like hanging with our friends or enjoying um, some of our favorite foods or a meal. In other words, it's possible that endings can drive us towards the things that will boost our happiness in the present moment. So it can really help us be present and realize that our time is limited and we might as well just be spending it doing what we love with the people we love. Endings can also bring people together. Think back to any significant ending in your life, like high school or college graduation. It's really a celebration of the end of a huge milestone. And in turn, it's also marking a new beginning. So, you know, even if you're going away or moving to a new city, you typically have a going away party where you gather your loved ones to celebrate the ending as well as a new beginning. Also, you know, inevitably when 
we experience loss of a significant person in our life, someone we love passes, you gather in celebration of their life. And this ending can help bring people together in a really beautiful way. And it allows us to reflect and remember all the positive things that you've experienced together as a collective. So endings can really be um, a, a way to bring people together. The sunk cost fallacy is a form of essentially poor decision-making where we undervalue our present moment based on the time or money that we've already invested or the sunk costs that we think we can't get back. For example, we may continue in a relationship because we have known this person for so long, we've invested so much time and energy, and we may be hesitant about ending something just because we don't want to waste all of the time that we've already invested. Under Carstensen's theory, our present happiness sometimes competes with the gains we might realize in the future, like new relationships, new experiences, and gaining new knowledge. But it can also compete with the investments we've already made in the past. And research suggests that imagining an impending ending can give us a lot of clarity. So in other words, when we know that the ending is near, we're more likely to focus on the present moment and this will help us to get rid of distractions from the past and the future that have little bearing on our happiness right now. Endings can also provoke mixed emotions and create more meaning for us. It really forces us to reflect if we are maybe leaving a career or moving to a new city or a relationship ends. There's a lot of emotions that we're feeling, which allows us to really reflect and accept the expiration date of things. Not everything is meant to last forever. Just because something ended doesn't mean it wasn't impactful or it wasn't important for your growth. We go through many seasons in life and just like any other season, a lot of things change. Some people aren't meant to stay forever. They are meant to stay for our growth. And the same thing with a job. We stay in a career or a job because it's fulfilling, it's rewarding to us, it's helping us grow but we may reach a stage in our career or in our life where we're no longer growing and we're no longer getting the sense that we are moving forward. So you move on and that's a perfectly okay evolution in life is understanding that not everything is meant to last forever and it's okay to move on to new chapters in our life. I definitely want to add that, you know, endings can be extremely difficult just because we are entering a new chapter doesn't mean it's not going to be extremely hard to let go of what we knew and what's comfortable and what's familiar. I think that whenever we're entering a new season of life that has a lot of unknowns, you know, if it does include looking for a new job with a lot of uncertainty or entering in, into a new season of singledom. There's a lot of unknowns, but I think surrendering to the powers that are outside of yourself and really just focusing on what you can control and honoring whatever you're feeling in that moment is all you really can do in order to take one small step to move forward. Talk about endings in the context of heartbreak and navigating a very difficult ending of a relationship. I think the first step in dealing with this kind of ending is acceptance. 
accepting that the relationship has ended, that the time that you spent with this person is not a sunk cost. This isn't something that was a waste of time. I think that initially when you're going through the pain and the sadness and the confusion and whatever emotion you're feeling in those early stages of heartbreak, it seems near impossible to accept that this is your new reality because it's new and it's scary and this fear is a very real emotion that all of a sudden you feel extremely vulnerable. What you knew to be the truth of your life is no longer. And so I think having acceptance first starts with telling yourself that this is your new reality through your words, accepting that it's over. And this is extremely difficult and this is definitely not an easy step, but this is the first big step, I would say, in dealing with the loss of someone you love in a, ro- in a romantic relationship. I think the second step is forgiveness, being the kind of person that forgives this person for causing you any kind of pain. Often the way people treat us is the way that they see themselves and they, everyone has the right to make the decisions in their life that are best for them. So forgiving this person for any kind of pain that they may have caused you and also forgiving yourself for, um, you know, maybe not trusting yourself. It's totally normal. So forgive, forgive, forgive. It's not up to the other person to say any kind of words to make you feel better. It's really just letting this person off the hook for any kind of emotional pain or suffering that they've caused you. The third is don't try to avoid the pain. It's a very real thing to feel sad. It's okay to feel confused just sit with those emotions and validate your experience and surround yourself with people that you love and open up and be vulnerable it's okay to tell people that you're going through a tough breakup you know we're, we've all been through it we've all been through difficult times and just don't avoid the pain and fourth is take time to heal take it one day at a time be patient with yourself Don't give it any kind of timeline, you know, by, you know, three months or six months or a year, I'll be healed. You don't, you may not know, you know, healing is not linear. Take time one day at a time to make sure that you're putting yourself first and validating your experience because it may come and go. There may be some days where you're feeling super confident and you're totally moved on you feel healed. And then, you know, maybe the next day you might feel triggered by something that makes you sad and makes you miss this person again. So take time and be patient. And ultimately, when you're trying to deal with heartbreak and move on is ending the connection, giving yourself time to have space from this person is the best way to move on for both of you to heal and get to a place where you are no longer connected. Um, even, you know, emotionally, when you're thinking about somebody, you are connected to them in some capacity. So give yourself time and space um, separate from this person as you can. My last learning from dealing with heartbreak and loss is writing this person a letter 
Tell them everything that's on your mind, unfiltered. Write down every emotion that you're having. If you were able to talk to them when you have the urge to reach out or maybe give them a call, write down in a journal everything that you're feeling. It's so therapeutic to release all of these feelings on paper in a healthy way without reaching out to them is a really good way to cope and a really healthy way to heal. As we wrap today's episode, I wanted to end with five mindset shifts when it comes to new beginnings. The first is trust that better things are coming. I would say that I'm naturally an optimistic person and no matter what happens, I always try to keep moving forward and see the positive in every single loss. And part of my belief that better things will always come is if I work hard and I don't give up and I reflect and I become self-aware on what my part was in the ending of a relationship, what was it that I contributed to, what could I be doing next time to make sure that you know I can do only the best of my ability and I can only control myself at the end of the day. And if it doesn't work out, I know that I, I can confidently say that I did everything in my power. The second is enjoying the process while working toward your goal. Mindfulness is all about living in the present moment, but it's difficult to focus on the present when you're just constantly working towards that end goal. But being mindful, taking a step, slowing down, and enjoying the process is a really easy mindset shift to make sure that you're staying focused. The third is focusing on strengths over weaknesses. We all have weaknesses and at times we all question our worth and our worthiness of love, but know that you deserve love. You deserve the best love and when you focus on what you do have to offer someone, you realize that the exact person you are today is enough and it always will be enough and it will be more than enough for the right person. If the person you're with didn't see that, It was just that it wasn't the right fit, and that's totally okay. The fourth is spend less time worrying about the past. Not to be confused with reflecting on the past, because I do think that's extremely important, but more so that you can't change the past. It's already done. There's nothing you can do to change the past. Unfortunately, there's also nothing you can do to take back what's already been done, All you can do is move forward and be extremely mindful about when you do move forward, making sure that you aren't making the same mistakes again, being mindful and being patient with yourself that you can't change the past, but you have complete control over the future. And fifth and last mindset shift is, again, focusing on and optimizing what's in your control. You can't control other people. You can't control other people's reactions or decisions. You can only control yourself at the end of the day. Your energy, your thoughts, your time, your effort. And by focusing on what you can control, it really allows you to take your power back. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. My Supreme Self podcast is now available on Apple and Spotify podcasts, so be sure you subscribe 
on Apple and Spotify so you don't miss an episode every day in the month of January. It would mean a lot to me if you could leave a review on Apple Podcasts and share with a friend to begin your healing journey together. My goal when releasing this podcast was to keep it extremely casual as if we were friends catching up at a coffee shop. So I hope you've been able to enjoy. Be sure to join for tomorrow's episode where I will be talking all about self-sabotaging, overthinking, and thinking traps. I hope you have the best day and I look forward to talking to you tomorrow.